This podcast brought to you by Fanatics, ruining league merchandising and reputable apparel brands since 2015. Follow at Fanatics Sucks on Twitter for more. Hey now, welcome back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show 184, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial free, tradeless at this point. It's the Sharks podcast known as the Pucknologist here on Teal Town USA. Remember, you, yeah, you know how it works Super Chat, Venmo, it's all Teal Town, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but if you're new, we, we, hey, we, uh, we have social media. Just search Teal Town USA. You'll find it. It's fine. I don't want to go through all that stuff. Jerick, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, good to be back. Uh, and we're just, back. Yeah, yeah I uh, I don't know if anybody noticed. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> they didn't. But uh, Ian I, did. Yeah, I wasn't here a week ago, and I wasn't here two weeks ago, and so it's been a minute. But uh, glad to be back. You know, glad to be, you know, in the old, uh, the old saddle there. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, here we are. Oh, hey, no. You uh, t- you weren't coming back until unless Timo Meyer got traded, right? Well, it, it was it was kind of a moving target, right? Like at first I wasn't coming back at all, and then mm-hmm. I was gonna come back, you know, if Timo Meyer got traded, and then I was, you know, there there was a lot of double deliberations, but um, you know, my I think my fiance got sick of me hanging around her on Sunday nights and was like, you got to go back. And so, you know, I, 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 I shaved the, uh, I shaved the depression stubble off and I took a shower and, uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go. Three games, (laughs) three games this week. No points through 57. The sharks suck with 45 points. You'll remember. Can I I just say something really quick? Yeah, whip it out. You said three games this week. I say three too many. I don't know about you. I <laughs> were I, there. Were there three I, games? I found the All Star break to be mentally relaxing. Oh and, hell yeah! And it was like you know I I was telling my fiance <laughs> and then the I'm Super like, Bowl ruined that. But go ahead. Right now I was telling my fiance I'm like yeah you know so the Sharks don't I don't remember whatever you know after the last game I I told her I was like yeah the Sharks don't play for whatever how many ever days it was nine or ten or whatever and. It was kind of nice. I hate to say it, you know. It was it was nice to not have to, you know, fire up the TV just to be disappointed, you know. Oh right. Oh that that was the funny thing that we were talking. You're like ah, you know, haven't really watched much. And I was talking to you about the Florida game, and I'm like, oh yeah, it was awesome, dude. Eric Carlson could have assisted on every goal, and that was a game that the Sharks lost four to one. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So. <laughs> Through 57 games on the season, they got 45 points. Uh, last season, with Boogie in the house, they actually had 57 points. We'll get into that in a little bit. But despite their best efforts, the Sharks remain 7th in the Pacific Division, 29th of 32 in the league by percentage points. And I'm so tired of it. Uh, who, I think, was it Remenda yesterday? Somebody was talking about, uh, you know, Players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. Yeah, I, yeah. It I, was it was both of them. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know anybody that that says that. Uh, now, can GMs construct a really bad roster that won't do well? Yeah, 
Right. I mean, it, you <laughs> I mean, know, if the... you put a bunch of crappy players on a team, they're all going to try to win. They're not going to have a lot of success. Well, and and that's I think that's the operative word is is try. Right. You know, yeah. you can you can try. You know, and, and maybe maybe the Sharks are trying. I think it's a matter of how hard you're trying, right? I mean, if you, <laughs> you know, if, if you've got two left feet, you can try to that a, that a put on, hurdle? you can, you can, if you have two left feet, you can try to put on, you know, a right-footed shoe. It's not really going to work, but you can try, you, you know. We'll try. Well, I'm just looking this up now, too, and I'm like, wait a minute, Steve Lorenz of all people was the third star yesterday. Okay, sure. I buy it. Uh, this week we uh, what displayed a lack of enthusiasm versus Pittsburgh, a last minute collapse in Vegas, and the top line getting called out by the head coach versus Buffalo. We also have some things to say about the never ending clickbait trade rumors. Oh yeah, yeah. Patrick Marlowe Day in the Bay coming up next week. Some nonsense. Ooh, which, which one is that guy again? Uh, he played for a, a minute. Uh, I thought it was. I thought his name was Chichu. Who's that? <laughs> it's it's another it's it's another guy from the Guy Factory. <laughs> uh, we're gonna fix the trade deadline and more. But let, I mean, let's start with the sleeper versus the Penguins at SAP. Dell gets the start, which I thought was a nice reward after like flying across the country and then having to sub in. <laughs> in Washington. So nice that they give him a look, but of course they give him no goal support. Sharks lose 3-1 after beating Pittsburgh in the Igloo 6-4 just a couple weeks ago. Um, but on this one, Quinn, he was certainly disappointed with the result, but I liked our game tonight. I thought it was a really good hockey game, fast-paced. I thought both teams were incredibly competitive. Both goalies played well. We just came out on the short end of it. I mean... Sure, but it's like I mean, we just get we just didn't get puck luck. We just it's like, dude, don't be afraid to say in who I think it was Bugner last year that basically said we don't have enough talent on this team. Yeah, it's like just say it what it is. Say it, baby. Say it. Well, I just I the thing that I zero in on is uh is Quinn saying both teams were competitive, goalies played well, all that stuff and I'm like I'm I I'm that gives me a little pause <laughs> because I really felt like there were multiple moments in that game where the wheels had fallen off for the Sharks. And so I'm like I'm trying to think and I'm like I uh, I mean yeah, I mean you know, pretty pretty standard by this point is that the Sharks regularly are getting a lot of shots on goal at least in games you know, that they have no business being in kind of weird how that works out, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't overly motivated by this performance. You know, Timo Meyer gets that, you know, hope and a prayer goal right at the end there. But other than that, I don't, this game didn't have all, all kinds of excitement. Bro, you know, I so, was at the game nearly fell asleep twice. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I mean, I understand he's got a job to do. You got to hype things up. I understand that, but I'm I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it was one of those games where at least Gregor was on the top line, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know what? He's you know, there's been a couple people who've brought it up. You've brought it up. Uh, a couple of people brought it up. Like he's daring Quinn to scratch him. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, especially you know, you look at the game against Pittsburgh. Uh, one of five forwards. Uh, I'm sorry, six forwards to not be a minus player, right? 
one of three forwards, um, sorry, one of five forwards have multiple shots on goal. So, <laughs> yeah, they're not going in, but you can't say it's for a lack of trying. Yeah. So, again, Dell gets the start, even picks up the third star in this one. But, uh, look, I, dude, I'm, I'm on a tank together, not teal together right now. So I got no problem with this and the way that the rest of the week kind of played out. <laughs> uh, for just 4,000 less for a shutout or for a uh, sellout. Only 13. So they say. Yeah. So they say. <laughs> Many people are saying. Many people are saying. I don't know. It felt comfortable there. Had space to move around. <laughs> well, and, and you know, there's some of the, you know, some, some rows and seats in that building are very roomy. Others are not. Mm hmm. Uh, so yeah, having a lot of room to operate is, um, it's not good, uh, for, for the old, for the old bottom line there. Yeah. <laughs> so the sharks would head down on Thursday to jerks neck of the woods. And, I did not go to this game. Uh, oh, no jerk bump. Well, that would explain it. Well, so here was my rationale. I couldn't justify and and I and I looked, you know, as we've talked about with tickets. I'm I'm looking every day waiting to snipe the deal. I couldn't justify number one, I didn't want to go by myself because my fiance was like, I'm not into it. I'm like, all right, whatever. I didn't want to really want to go by myself. Number two, I, I couldn't justify spending seventy dollars to watch them lose. And guess what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You would have had hope until the final minute. Yeah, but then I would have I would have been all pissed off on my drive home. I would have been like, "Why the fuck did I go to this game?" <laughs> so, so the, I watched on home at TV. It was, oh, was it was fine. Nice. It was somewhat predictable. I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, at, at least the difference being like that that Quinn quote about you know both teams being in it. Like if you if you applied that quote to this game, I would actually believe it a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, you know, VGK at that point, they're on a three-game heater. But 15 and 13 at home, they're much better on the road. So, uh, plus, if memory strikes, the Sharks played in Vegas earlier this season and handed them a pretty decent loss. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Kakanen gets a start. The weird one of this, of course, is Benino being thrown up with Hurdle and Meyer. It's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Hey, you know what? Maybe David uh, Quinn is team tank. True that. Uh, Barabanov, who's what has like five goals in the last seven games. I hey, mean, huge <laughs> dude driving the bus since day one. I I mean, we're gonna get into it, believe me. But <laughs> he's he's kind of on a little a little rip right now here. I mean, he's got you know as you mentioned, uh, he's got five goals in his last seven games, which. I, I think is obviously impressive, but I think when you when you sort of zoom out and look at the bigger picture, he's only got eleven goals on the year, which means half, almost half of his goals have been in the last two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, love it, dude, and career high now, right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he saw that calendar flip, and he's like, "Ooh, <laughs> deadline season, <laughs> up the value, baby." <laughs> Uh, God, it would be so funny if Toronto like was like, hey, you know, we could use a little depth. You know the thing? I was talking about this with with Kevin Lacey, and, and by no means am I an advocate for this, but I was really, really, really giving it some thought. Barabanov is a guy, just based on the stats and everything, what he brings to a team, he's totally a guy that 
like Tampa Bay at the deadline would be like, we need to pay a first for this guy. You know? <laughs> Another good row deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, dig it. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, you got to credit the Sharks PK in this one, I suppose. I mean, you go to the box seven times, you kill them all seven times. And, yeah. and, but here's the whole thing. Were they all penalties? I'd say, yeah, I, I think they were. I don't, you know, I I know sometimes uh, the the broadcast crew, depending on who's uh, calling the games, can be a little, uh, what biased. I think is probably the right word. Yeah. Um, but sharks have to be more disciplined. I mean, four trips; those are generally easy calls. Couple right. high sticks, you know. Um, well, and those, and the thing is, right? Like those, you know, tripping, high sticking, like those are not judgment calls. Exactly. You know, like that's very black and white. But yeah, you know, there's there's no you you know if you whack a guy in the face, you know that's that's a hard <laughs> argument against. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and see, and this is how homerish it got. Randy literally said, "I wouldn't be surprised if we get a penalty up here." And I'm like, "Come on, man, you guys are better than that." Like, I, <laughs> well, get, I mean, I I loves me some Randy Hunt. Don't get me wrong. I mean. He He's the the gold standard when it comes to play by play, as far as I'm concerned. But I just thought I was like, "Oh boy, that's that's some." You don't hear that Homer of a phrase from you know our crew. Very, you know, like if Edwards said that, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> well, and and you know what I thought was, you know, speaking of things that were said, and 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 this is you know this is back uh, back at the Pittsburgh game, um, but one of the folks. Uh, had said, you know, that it was hard to believe that the Sharks only had five home wins out of 24. And I'm like, <laughs> is it hard to believe? Um, yeah. I'm like, what about that is hard to believe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, and, and here's the thing. I understand that they have a job to do, right? I understand that, you know, you want to make your product look awesome, but people, you know, the hardcore fan, the average fan, whoever Who? people are, people are not stupid, Right. So my whole thing is just <laughs> don't like just but my whole thing is like just you know you don't want to crap on the team that's fine just don't say anything. Yeah, it's don't don't crap our on our intelligence either. Yeah, just say nothing. Just <laughs> just say you know what did I my and again I obviously have no nowhere near the amount of expertise that those folks do uh, when it comes to broadcasting obviously but I feel like the play there is to just you know, say the fact, you know, the Sharks have only won five out of 24 home games. Just say the fact and then let the viewer kind of jump to their own conclusion. Oh, dude, absolutely. I don't know. Whatever. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. <sighs> yeah. So uh, what was the other thing I had jotted down here? I'm trying to do like four things at once. So I actually, dude. I got called on post game. It was great. Hey, you, they gave you the talking stick, dude. They gave me the talking stick. I think that was because I was l only one of two people in the talking room, <laughs> <laughs> but got the uh, opportunity to ask Quinn about Barabanov, and I mean, pretty damn near close. Said you know best on the team that night, and I'm like, well, yeah. But I asked him about, uh, you know, asked about the discrepancies and, you know, it's like he's never seen a season like this. Uh, one thing that nobody noted, and I don't know why, like I did, none of the beat guys tweeted about it or mentioned it that I saw. Uh, we did, of course, but Benino took a abusive officials call with 18 seconds left. Got a 10, see ya, goodbye. 
So I don't know if it was that he because he didn't like the VGK goal or whatever it was, but uh, I was just like, yeah, dude, chirp it out there. Seems- well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised, you know, with how much that he's enjoyed talking to the assembled media this season. I'm surprised he didn't take a chance to get out there and talk about it. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I was a little surprised that nobody mentioned that, but uh, something that <laughs> Quinn also mentioned was. We look like a tired team. The schedule caught up, uh, caught up to us. Disappointing, in, or disappointed in how we played the third. And I'm going, what? Like you were tired? Your team just had a fucking week off. You had guys going to <laughs> Hawaii and Cabo and Disney World, and you the schedule caught up to you. <laughs> you know, you haven't played any back to backs after the break. You weren't on the second half of a back to back. I mean, sure, VGK didn't play since the previous Sunday, so they had three straight off with no travel, but the schedule caught up to us? Come on. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, especially because, as you said, they just had, they had nine, you know, the All-Star break, I think, is, you know, the All-Star break, I think, is four days, and then the bye week is five days. Like, you had plenty of time off, right? And and I, I think where, maybe where this is going, right, is, you know, the, the you know losing is tiring this this that right the, you know the and, and we've we've talked about it before you know where there are times where you look at a certain player you know whether it's hurdle whether it's couture or whoever and it's like yeah they look like they're sick of the same crap for the last four years you know mm-hmm. oh, you know I'm and, sure. and, and, and so I under I understand that element but you gotta wonder and, what like Nico Sturm is going what's going through his head he's like I what <laughs> what the hell did I sign on for? Right. Well, I just, I, I you know, I, I understand that element of it. Like, you know, getting sick of losing and having a way on you. I completely get that. But as you pointed out, you know, the game against Pittsburgh, right. Where, you know, if you, and we, I think we talked about this at the beginning of the season. Like if you're going to lose more than you win, which we both said the sharks would do, mm-hmm. you gotta, you have to try number one, number two, you have to make it fun. Right. Yeah. And and I didn't, you know, except for a little, you know, pockets of the Vegas game and then the Buffalo game. I didn't see a lot of try this week. (laughs) Do I saw a lot of going through the motions. There is no try. Ah, man. I don't know. I just thought that was a weak thing to say. And and it's funny because and we've talked about this a little bit before, but I just. I'm not seeing a whole lot of difference between Quinn and Bugner. Aside from the team last season under Bugner, did a lot better. <laughs> you know, last season, the Sharks had the lead and won 27 games. And they had a lead and lost 19. So, you know, it's plus eight on that. And eight, of, or yeah, I'm sorry, eight of the losses of those 19 losses came in overtime. So you picked up eight charity points. And mm-hmm. this season so far, they've had the lead and won 15, but games that they had the lead and lost are 23. So it's their dash eight, and nine of those came in overtime. So, I mean, it's an eight differential, but <laughs> one guy's positive, the other guy's negative. You know, I don't know about Bob's teams coming from behind, but they were certainly better with the lead. So I don't understand, you know, like... Well- I think it's worth saying that that team, especially last year, like that team was better than this team this year. So, you know, I thought there were people saying on paper that this season it's a better team. 
Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you th- I mean, I, I, I certainly don't think. I mean, just because. Well, see, here's. <clears throat> excuse me. Here's the thing that that really kind of pushes this uh, narrative home. Sure. Is the fact that the blue line is producing like a point per game at a point per game better clip. Now, obviously, 99% of that is Eric Carlson. Right. But it's still, it's the fact that the defense is producing at a higher rate. The forward group, the last time I ran the numbers like a week ago, there was like 0.6 goals a game better than last season. So... Right, but <laughs> it's like but think about the. This is what I would say: is you remember last year how Reimer was playing like out, out of, out of his mind, outstanding, right? And I think this year you look now. Obviously, we'll talk about it. Kakinen's been very good the last little bit, but both of the Sharks' regular goalies have been god awful. Yeah, I was going to say. <sighs> yeah, so that's. I mean, that's. Imagine if you'd had, a, well, like Ian used to say when Jones was here, so a league average goaltender. Because right. last time they ran the numbers, what like Reimer is like thirty sixth. <laughs> a reminder: there's thirty two teams in the league. So, what if I told you, and and this one, I don't think this is going to blow your mind, but I still think it's it's something that's worth mentioning. Obviously. Mm-hmm. What if I told you <laughs> that uh, the points that Eric Carlson has on the year, uh, it it can it accounts for around fifty two percent of the defensive scoring for the Sharks this year. That boggles my mind that the number isn't higher. Right. See, I feel the same way, but at the same time, I kind of feel like like if you make the argument where it's like. Oh, the Sharks' defensive scoring—it's up, however many fold. I think Eric Carlson's scoring is up, and sure. <laughs> everybody else is sort of—it's like, uh, you know, it's—it's it's like everybody else getting lumped lumped into the party, you know. Mm. That's just my take. <clears throat> yeah. Well, either way, I mean, I guess fun debate here for. <laughs> there's not going to be anything else to talk about until somebody gets traded. So, hey. Oh. <laughs> Buffalo last night, four to two loss. Kakinen, second straight start. Buffalo, hey, they're a strong road team. They suck at home, but strong mm-hmm. road team. Got one regulation loss over their last nine road games. But the as would as was pointed out on the broadcast last night, Buffalo hasn't won a playoff round since the Sharks were wearing their third generation jerseys. <laughs> Ooh, that sucks. You know what I thought was really interesting uh, that they mentioned on the on the <laughs> which, uh, on, which for those who don't know is like three jerseys ago. But go I ahead. I was going to say yeah. Uh, what I thought to be really interesting. So Buffalo's power play, top six in the league. Their penalty kill. It's like thirtieth, right? Third worst. <laughs> yeah, but look at the Sharks. You know their power play is certainly nothing to write home about. But for half the season, they were like number one or number two. Right, but I, I I just think that discrepancy is so unbelievable. Just like how like when you're looking at a team, right, and it's you know, it's that that same kind of idea of like, well, if they if they can outscore their problems, they're gonna go really far. And that's Buffalo. Uh, well, LeBanc made his way back onto the top line. Uh Hurdle was 
I don't know. What is it me? Like Chief got the bag and um He's having a hard time. Yeah. He's having which is odd to me because he's pretty much had Myers stapled to him. It's or or Barabana, if I know you know, it's been one of the two. But it's Well and and you know what's you know what's really peculiar is like like you just watch visually, right? He he's he's really struggling, right? He's on the ice a lot for for goals against. He's getting the puck pulled mm-hmm. off of him. He's getting frustrated. Like the eyes, they just say that he's really going through it, right? But when you when you crunch the numbers, he statistically he's on pace to have his second best season. Yeah, that's the funny thing. It's like he, he's doing it so quietly. Yeah, it, it and, makes and, me wonder. Like maybe he is somebody who needs like a new view. And when, I don't mean a new team. I mean like. Maybe he needs to play 10 straight with Barbie and AC Mont. Let Couture and Meyer and Hurdle LeBanc go around. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's so, it's so hard, right? Because I feel like you can pretty, you know, with most players, you can, you can kind of watch what they're up to and, and definitively say, oh, this is the problem. That's the problem. You need more of this, less of that. I can't peg it. With hurdle, I don't, and I don't want to insinuate that there's anything going on because we have no idea. But it's just so odd, you know. Well, I think the broadcast pointed out last of us. Well, you know, the, the wife is expecting again, and they're gonna have their second child, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, the first child didn't seem to affect him, so <laughs> well, right. Never, I just, it's. I uh, don't know. I mean, he's. I. I think. I. I, I don't know. I, if I had to sort of guess, take a stab at it, I would think. I would think a lot of it has to do with losing. Right? Oh, yeah. Where, where, you can tell he's a, I could, he's such a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. I, I could say, I can see that, you know, out of all the guys, the losing maybe affects him the most. Well, and, and, and think about this. Well, right. He's playing like a guy who wants, you know, or I shouldn't say he's playing. He, you know, the last two years he was playing like a guy who, you know, wants to <laughs> rip the C off of Couture's jersey and slap it on his own. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I I go back to remember the the um, the insider trading report earlier in the season when they had said uh, it was oh, Pierre ev- Lebrun. Everybody's he, on the table except Hurdle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder if I wonder if there's some consideration there, right? Because on on the one hand, you think about it, <laughs> Hurdle Hurdle signs here long term. He's like, oh, great job, security, and then all of a sudden he hears that and he's like, oh, I'm never getting out of this shithole. <laughs> Well, like, well, not, but not even that. Just like, you know, he, he signs the deal because obviously he wants to be here and he is optimistic that things are going to turn around and, 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 and go in the right direction, you know? And so you get a new GM, you get a new coach and it's, it's more of the same, which Mm. I understand that's part of the process, but I think for hurdle, it could be frustrating. And then on top of that, you know, the guy, I mean, my the guys you look at the guys that hurdle the last two years has played with the most right balsers gone barabanov rumored to be gone timo meyer rumored but, to be gone but barabanov also not playing on his line not anymore yeah so it, it, i i don't know well and- like, again i don't want to <laughs> insinuate anything but i just i feel like for him it's maybe it's a situation where he's like you know i signed here thinking things were going to go in the right direction and they're not <laughs> i fell for it uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um 
Al's talking about that they could have gotten multiple high draft picks if they had traded her to last season. If you remember, I was a I was a proponent of I loves me some hurdle. No, I mm-hmm. all the jerseys that I've had uh or that I have none are uh, you know, the hurdle is probably on more than any other one. Uh loves me some hurdle. But well, I was a proponent of it's like I was, you know, looking over the next 5 years of this team and I'm going this team needs to be torn down and rebuilt. Well, and 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 I want to jump out in front of something. There's there's a lot of conversation in the chat right now about Hurdle's contract. I just want to put it out there. This is a good contract for Hurdle. Like, I I know there there tends to be this sort of you know bug eyed sort of look when it comes to to big numbers. But but here's the thing, right? Is you're gonna you have to pay players to be on your team you have to pay good players it, dude how many times have we said what is the problem with giving 10 million dollars to a 10 million dollar player mm-hmm. and i understand yes you look 8.13 and you're <coughs> thinking holy crap that's a big freaking number but it's yes, also it, but it is but let's i mean go around just the other guys in the division what yeah. what is the number one center making for Anaheim, what's the number one center making in LA? I think we all know what the number one center is making in Edmonton. Right, but he's in a league of his own. So of course, but right, I'm just and- saying, like, it, like that's you know a top line center. I would say Hurdle is probably what like top of the bell curve. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, he's. I would say he's probably, you know, if if, if you figure, you know, you figure there's 64 top six centers in the league. I would say Hurdle is in the top half, maybe in the, even in the top third of mm-hmm. that. Especially when, when he wants it, you know. Yeah. When he's fired up, he's a real difficult cat to play against. Right. And so I'm just and, – and so it's I just, just think – he hasn't been difficult to play against a lot this season. Right. And and, and again, you know, we, we've, we've <gasps> talked about it. The big thing that we always circle back to is is what are the trends? What do the trends tell you, right? Well, you look – the four seasons prior to this one, really good seasons. And now this year he's having, you know, I wouldn't, I, I would say at best he's been good at best. Yeah. He's been good. The last four years, he was really good. Some points he was elite mm-hmm. this year. He's just been good, which I understand is not what you want from hurdle at that dollar amount at that skill level. But I, I, I kind of find the sort of revisionist, you know, like heel turn where, you know, a guy has one bad year or not even bad, has one good year after four really good years. And you're ready to just say he's the problem. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's. <clears throat> oh, like, I'm definitely like, not ma- saying he's out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not saying he's a problem by any stretch. Um, but I, I again, I look at the next five years and I felt like the, the Sharks missed an opportunity to sell high on hurdle. Right, which but, I you know I don't disagree with that, but again I think it goes back to, you know what and the same question we had with Timo Meyer this year we had with Hurdle last year where it's do you think this is a is this a two year plan or is this a five year plan you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and to be fair if if I remember correctly Joe will <laughs> handed out this one not this was before Greer got here. Correct. It was yeah I I mean Doug Wilson was still the GM but you technically. Know, Right, but Joe Will was steering the ship. 
I, I got to be honest. Like, I if I could go back in time to the day he signed his extension, I would do it all over again the exact same way. Mm. <laughs> like you a know? Tigers. Hurdle's contract is fine. Mario, on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I and, and dude, I, I don't want to get into it because we've talked about it so much, but pick any team that is rebuilt over the last 10 years. There are numerous examples of teams rebuilding, tearing it down to the bolts, but they keep one or two, you know, sort of primary. I don't know if cornerstone is the right word, but sort of pillars. like big pillars to hold on to and say, hey, you know what? This is going to suck. But when we come out on the other side, it's going to be awesome. Like there's I mean, <laughs> didn't Torts try to tell all the fans a couple weeks ago that? <laughs> right. But 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 you know what? Like there's he wrote the, over the last over the last 10 years, there's been numerous examples of that. And so maybe I'm in the minority and maybe in, in two years, everybody's going to say, God, that guy was such an idiot. I'm glad he's gone. But <laughs> I, I get that a lot, <laughs> but you know, I still think there's a, there's a timeline where the sharks rebuild while keeping hurdle Meyer and Eric Carlson well, and come out the other side. Ricky in the chat would like you to run a poll. So if somebody wants to take care of that, um, Jesus, did we go down the rabbit hole with that? <laughs> we were just I'm... talking about the Buffalo game. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it turned into a whole hurdle dissertation. Hey, you know what? That's what makes this podcast fun. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Cousins goes five hole, three minutes in. That is one Kakinen has to have. He was abused twice on the five hole in this game where I... I saw that, both those goals. And, you know, Quinn is going to, he's not going to, rake his, his goalie in the media but dude i saw both those goals and i'm like there's no way reimer isn't starting against seattle <laughs> like even if he's you know he's got a broken ankle he's still going out there <laughs> you know which i feel bad like i felt like kakinen had decent numbers this week like so i got him as one of my potential heroes but dude those were two shitty i mean buffalo had one shot on goal in the second period and that was the one that went in five hole and it was oof I just feel like it's just such a and, we, and we've talked about it all the time about Kakinen regularly getting let down by this team, you know. Yeah. The I mean, his last six starts have all been a nine hundred save percentage. Yep. And you know his last his last six starts he's put up you know save percentage is good goals against is fine. And only three wins out of those six. I mean, especially the two, you know, against Vegas and against Buffalo, the team really let him down. And uh, not, not again, a lot in the way of goal support. Right. And, 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 you know, I hate to, you know, I don't, I hate for anybody to think that I'm piling on, but again, if Reimer was in this situation, like take Kakinen's last six games and say that Reimer did that exactly the same all the way through, there wouldn't be nearly as much dialogue about goaltending. Hmm. And and not to be like a a cackin and truther or anything, but <laughs> I I and I I think you might agree with me that guy gets way more flack than I think he probably deserves. Probably, but hey, you know what? <laughs> Let's be honest. After next season, neither Reimer or Kacken are going to be here, so who cares? <laughs> well, I I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, mean, the, I think they're gonna. Is... I I think you look at Macaniemi. I think you look at Man. I think you look at Godro. I think. Like I feel like they're sure. they're going to have the rest of this season, uh, you know, barring some bizarre trade, they'll have the rest of the season. Reimer's up at the end of this year, right? Correct. And then CAC has one more has next year. So, you know, if 
first off, I don't see Reimer being here next season. I'll be surprised if he. I'll be surprised if he's here after March third. Uh, I'll be pissed if he's here after March third. <laughs> yeah, that even like we've talked about it. There's not a good market for goalies at the trade deadline, but I think you're with me. Just get something. Yeah. Anything at this point. Even if it's a conditional seventh, it becomes a sixth if he plays five games, well, it's, like whatever. It's like, oh, my God, couldn't we have had the Reimer from last season? <laughs> no kidding. But I don't and, know, dude. And remember how much I was pushing last season for them to trade Reimer at the deadline? Right. Oh, but I don't know, dude. I think next year is going to be Capo's year. because it, 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 it had better be because, dude, the log <laughs> jam is coming, you know. Well, so a lot of people going to be pushing behind him. Well, so check this out too. So we we've talked about historically, you know, going back the last two seasons now, where Capo plays his best when Reimer's not breathing down his neck, and as I said, last six starts he's over nine hundred save percentage. I don't think it's a coincidence that that coincides with Reimer being unavailable to play. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. Uh, Makes you think. We gotta we gotta finish this Buffalo game, dude. Um, Do we? <laughs> just 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 clip the like the last five minutes after dark and run that. Right. Uh, <laughs> Ramenda called out EK65 for floating. I guess he's a hater. Um, but Svetch would tip a McDonald shot, dude. That was a that was a hell of a tip, bro. And that's the thing, dude. McDonald, he he had <laughs> his shots on goal for this game. It was the same as the top line combined. Like that, think that goes to. Well, he got a he had a breakaway too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, that and then Hurdle talking about you know oh I need to shoot more. Where you at, brother? But um, dude, so I I feel I feel like I don't know how you feel, but I feel like McDonald. Everything I've seen from him up to this point, it's either been like really outstanding or it's like oh my god, get off the ice. Yeah, but I think, I, you know, I'll, I'll give him the benefit to find his way because I felt like Benning kind of started out that way here. Sure. And he's kind of found some foundation being, you know, stapled to Vlasic. So it seems to be working. Uh, Barabanov goes through AC Mont's wickets. That was that was funny, dude. Um, In, man, I this, this is going to sound completely big-headed entitled, but like... <laughs> That's like, so millennial of you. Go for it. Because I remember, because dude, I remember that Barabano's first game as a shark. I remember we were watching the game, and I was saying, "I'm like, dude, just just watch this guy, just watch." <laughs> and so I, you know, we we talk all the time. You and I are both wrong about. I don't even know where to begin. So oh, many things well, we are wrong about. <laughs> with but, you, I would just say Butker. But go ahead. <laughs> but. It's always nice to be like vindicated when you call something, you know. Oh sure, but but don't break your own patent yourself. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> uh, but as as much as we were talking up McDonald, uh, he did lose control of the puck in front of Kakinen and Skinner would bury it. Uh, Han would call out Ek for turning the puck over in front of his own net. Again, must be a hater if you you know if you dare say something bad about Ek. Oh, must be a hater. And uh, look, when you throw the puck into the slot <laughs> with no help, no support, like you, I mean, you better hit that guy on the tape. Yeah. And, and I mean, he made a couple fumbles in this one. Well, uh, so which of course must mean I'm a I'm a hater. 
And it's, well, you know, you can't ever call out the obvious, I guess. And, and and not only that, but can can you run that clip again for me one more time? Yeah. Steven, run it back. You you look now for those who have played hockey at any level. What Carlson is doing here, you were taught not to do that, <laughs> dude. Rim like, it around. Yeah. Rim, yeah. Either, you know, and I mean, and, look, and dude, you, right here. If you like, he has the option to rim it around and you come up here, you look at the top. There's a guy at the point who can accept that pass. Well, and not only that, so if you if you run it back a little bit, you know, right before right before the puck leaves his stick, you know, he because he's a right-handed player there, he has the ability to stop up, turn towards the boards and fire the puck back up the other way and if you go to the end of that clip, look at that. There's another guy there as well. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> just I again, so but you know, I guess when, 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 when the broadcast guys do it there, it's, it's okay. But when I say I'm, I'm a hater, whatever. Right. Um, yeah. But you no, know, like you're, like I said, and Marty T is backing me up. You're literally taught not to do that. Yeah. But, and see, and that's the funny thing. Like if you look at these last six games in in kind of a microcosm, it's, mm-hmm. it's been kind of funny that Carlson has either been like, like amazing, like, taken the entire team on his shoulders or he's played horribly (laughs) like that Florida game was awful this game against Buffalo he's called out multiple times for it but then you know there's another game where it's like Jesus Christ is Carlson the only one who showed up which and I think when you when you bring in a player like Eric Carlson I think that's what you're signing up for yeah high risk high reward I get it yeah but the whole thing is you know, there's a faction of people that all they do is talk about the reward without ever mentioning the risk. And maybe right. there's people that sit there and go, all AJ talks about is the risk, never mentions the reward. First off, no, <laughs> because we have the receipts. Uh, when he get, deserves his cookies, I give him his cookies. It's just that other people will give him his cookies when he should be getting an empty plate. But I digress. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot here. I'll whip it out. You think he gets to 100? Yes. Yep, I'm the same uh, way. I think I don't think he'll get the heart, but I I think I feel like he should finish top three in voting voting. And, yeah, I, and, yeah, and his name should already be on the Norris. Yeah, I was gonna say our our uh just for fun, no stakes, no importance, uh Teal Town USA awards this year are gonna be really interesting to see. Oh hell yeah. But this uh the game against Buffalo to kind of put a bow on this, fourth line did all the work in the first uh, the hurdle line sucked. Uh, even the you know the broadcast, Remenda called out the top line being dashed too. I mean, dude, ripping him. And I'm like, oh my god, you watch LeBanks going to get all the blame because he was a dash two, but Meyer and Hurdle were both dash three. But whatevs. <laughs> and uh, evidently, Greg Papa, no, you know, noted uh, 49er play by play guy and local sports radio guy shows up for this game. Rocking a Sabres jersey. Now that that guy was last time he was at the game. That guy was being a hero too. So yeah, well, I'm, he's wearing I'm his, not his his Niners shit, of course. Right, because it's very like I said at the time. Oh, do you, look at me. Do you know who I am? And it's like, yeah. Like I get, I get. He's from Buffalo, but still, like, don't be a hero. Well, the thing I think is funny is that when he was wearing his 49ers shit, he was in the seats with with the peons and the regulars. But he's wearing yeah. his Buffalo shit. All of a sudden, he's in the club section. 
Well, and you know, and and here's the thing: like, if any if any person wants to go to the game and wear, you know, you want to go to an away game and support your team, like, hey, that's freaking awesome and good for you. But with Greg Papa, he's I don't want to say he's a legend. Some might say he's a legend, but he's a Bay Area sports celebrity, right? I mean, yeah, but, Warriors, and, and A's, all that stuff, a, Raiders, a Giants. Few, few, yeah, a few people. Yeah, it was very associated with the Raiders forever. Now doing the Niners, but a local sports talk guy. He used to do pre and post uh, for the for the Giants. So yeah, he's been around the block. Uh, but somebody po- you know pointed out yesterday that's oh well he is from Buffalo. I don't right. care. I don't give a fuck. You know, it ju- it just feels very heroic when you know that everybody knows who you are. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, dude, do you? But it, and and it's not so much. I don't blame him. You know, do you? It's, I blame the sharks. Yeah, well, it was my whole thing is how did I get that screen cap? Because they put it on television. Why did mm-hmm. you put him on television? Well, and and that's but here's the thing, I'll tell you why and we've talked about it. It's especially been a problem on Twitter and Instagram. Obviously, you and I are both 49ers fans. We saw what the 49ers did this year. They had a good year. The Sharks have been trying to ride the coattails of the 49ers all year. All year, the Sharks will get pumped five to zero and the 49ers win a big game and the Sharks come in on Twitter. Oh, good job, bestie. Way to go, (laughs) Bay Area. Right. And it's like, quit, quit trying to make us, you know, don't men in black us to make us think, forget that you got pumped five zero. And so it's the same kind of thing when they when they put him on the TV, when he had his Niners gear on and they put him on the TV with the Sabres gear like. It's that same thing where it's like, ooh, look, this 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 uh, uh, fixture of this successful Bay Area sports team is coming to <laughs> our game. Aren't we so cool and interesting? I think what Jerk is trying just, to say is give your balls yourself. a tug, you tit fucker. You're just embarrassing yourself. <sighs> so, like, I if you want to make a mention, like that's fine. Like, I I completely support that. But there was like, no reason to put them on TV. But the sharks, the sharks are not on the 49ers. <laughs> Last I looked. They don't play for the 49ers. <laughs> uh, let's tie this Buffalo thing. We got to move on, dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> say it, baby. Say it. Here's here's <laughs> Quinn post game. Well, it really seemed like we got very demoralized after they went up three to two. Whereas you know when it was one nothing and two one, we kept playing. I thought we really played well the first two periods and controlled a lot of the play. And you know I didn't love our third. Um, they turned it up a notch. I thought we took a step back and, you know, just miscommunication on the goal. And it looked like we got easily demoralized after they went up 3-2. to two. We didn't do much after that. In the third, it seemed like Buffalo was able to uh, exercise their speed more, play their game more, just sort of what happened there. We just turned it over too much. I mean, you know, a team, regardless of how fast they actually are, they're going to look a lot faster when you have it. All of a sudden, you give it to them. And that happened a ton in the third period. It was like turnovers that really fueled their speed. And, you know, that's how they, they live. And, you know, they got a lot of good players over there. And when you keep giving it to them, they're going to burn you. And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, as it tends to do. <laughs> you keep putting it on a tee, the other team's going to go, thank you. And they're going to hit it out of the park. I want to, I want to, this is completely unrelated to that. But I, <laughs> I just saw Tiger's message. And I think that's worth throwing out there we don't have to talk about it but we can just put it out there. oh yeah give um, your balls a tug but uh, oh the women in media thing yeah oh uh, yeah they put yeah put pop on there but they gave no love to shalane who's been covering the team for like over a decade after right. they did the whole circle jerk for women in media and and, and well, what i wouldn't I say, call it that yeah i was gonna say that as soon as it came out of my mouth i went okay yeah probably wasn't a good way to phrase that but it was just to 
give so much praise. Like Janice, obviously, Mount Rushmore, top of the fucking heap, without a doubt. They're all great. Uh, absolutely. But it's not as if, you know, Shalana got here yesterday. <laughs> I mean, she has been covering this team for about damn near half their existence. So, yeah, I did yeah. think it was kind of, you know, I, th I think she deserves an apology note in the <laughs> behind yeah. the scenes at the very least. I just, you know what I think, you know, you going back to that, that Quinn clip, you know, he had mentioned that they, that the Sharks played well the first two periods. I thought, honestly, I thought they played well 85 to 90% of the game. Yeah. And so obviously like we know, like we understand the assignment here, right? Shout out Y2K night. We understand <laughs> the assignment night, the <laughs> assignment here. But at the same time, when, when you see the Sharks are actually playing well for once and then it crumbles. Yeah. It's just like, it's such a, it's a boot to the groin is what it is. Well, and I mean, I mentioned it earlier, Buffalo, they're war road warriors this season. So right. you, you had to expect that at some point, you know, when they had held Buffalo, like two shots on goal through the first, like the first 15 minutes of the second, I'm like, you know, they've really limited the amount of shots on goal. So yeah, obviously you take away their chances. I was like, fuck, these guys might have a shot here. And then, <laughs> you know, it, it went sideways real quick. And then when Skinner got the, uh, the go, basically the uh, go ahead goal in the third, I went, yeah, that's pretty much it. That'll do it. It's, <laughs> That'll do, pig. Yeah. They're, they're not, they're, it's another one where it's like, it, how many times have we heard Quinn say demoralizing? You know, oh, well, that was right. demoralizing. That was demoralizing. Oh, well, you know what? Better. <laughs> Better find something to get these guys juiced on the bench, but whatever. well, and 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 you know what, with Quinn saying it's demoralizing, I don't disagree, and I think, I think he's got every right to feel that way, and I think he's bang on, and so you know, not to say that there's a, that there's any kind of you know double entendre there, but you know, you don't want demoralizing games, and and you know, games that feel like a kick in the in the dick. Better hope your GM gives you better players next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it. I do like that at one point, I don't know if we if you mentioned this before we went on at the very top of the show, but you said something along, oh, it looks like a relatively small rundown this week. And we're almost an hour in, and we still haven't gotten to Heroes and Zeros. And we're usually there by about 30 minutes. So well, I wanted to point to that out. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Oh, final stick tap for the Buffalo game. Sellout. Saturday night, Greer bobblehead night, Black History night. So good for them because that, that would have been a crappy look if you don't sell that out. <laughs> but this is the start of what? They got like, uh, oh, one, two, three, four. They got six more, six straight at home. So, uh, but again, only five wins. So we'll see what happens. Uh, heroes and zeros. Uh, I was going to go. With Kakinen, but then again, I saw those two five hole goals, and I'm like, "Is he really?" I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I, I got to go Barbie again. I don't know if this mm -hmm. is like the second or third straight week, but yeah, Barabanov, dude. I mean, Chief just nine points in his last seven games. Yeah, I mean, kid just keeps. <laughs> when some of the big boys aren't showing up, like. Meyer, well, let's not, Meyer let's not had, mistake it. He is a big. He is one of the big boys. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying, though. Right. He's, right, right. he's not like your face of the franchise, like Meyer has been, like Hurdle, like Couture, all that. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's not set dressing, but he certainly isn't the star of the show. Sure. 
So I'm I'm gonna give him uh, the taps because I, did, did he have more points this week than Meyer? Uh, yeah, I believe so. See, so I'm just saying. Yeah, this week he had let's see, he had a goal against. Yeah, so he had two points this week. Both were goals. Meyer then, had that one, the lone goal against Pittsburgh. Yeah, so I mean, one goal versus two goals is not that big of a jump, but you know, it proves right. your point. Yeah. All right. So who, who's your uh, hero? Well, my hero, and, and so it's funny, the two that you were considering are also the two I was considering, so I was just going to take whoever you didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's Capo Kakinen, right? I mean, he, you know, as I said, his last six starts have been 900 save percentage or better, even when he's gotten, you know, not a lot of goal support or he's been let down at the end of the game. And, and you know, especially, I think rightfully so, a lot of people would be nervous when once Reimer is unavailable because Kakinen has to be relied on and he hasn't been super spectacular this year. But he, you know, his number has been called pretty much all February and he stepped up. And so I, I think he deserves full marks for that. And as, you know, a Kakinen truther out there, I hope it's a sign of things to come. Zero. I mentioned it earlier, but two words, Tomas Hurdle. So disappointed. But but as you said, he he's putting up numbers. It's just he's not a guy that you're talking about as being a game changer like you would in previous seasons. Right. So uh, and and again, I'm gonna go with the with that stupid idea that we have that when you get called out for being a zero, all of a sudden you get a big bump. So well, <laughs> av- and- an avocado in the chat. Heroes, AJ and Jerk Zeros, Sharks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing with Hurdle, right? Two goals in his last 15 games. That's the kick in the smalls. That's, yeah, that's that's just unlike him, right? And so because of that, it leads me to believe that hopefully it'll turn around eventually. Um, my zero, <laughs> I, I I know we I have a running zero. It's, you know, anybody, you know, the idea that Meyer should be traded is going to be the zero until he's re-signed, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, my zero, and I hate to do it to him, but it's it's say it, been say it. it's been you know I'm doing it to like pretty much everybody, but so you're the top six of the forwards. You like Hurdle, Meyer, Couture, Barabanov. Those have been your mainstays, and then those spot five and spot six have been a revolving door. We'll call it. And so my zero, because it's hard to pick one as it has been all season, my zero has been any player who's been part of that revolving door because clearly you've done, you've not done enough to stick. And, you know, I understand opportunity is a big thing in this league and, and getting the right moments. I understand that, but playing in the top six with, you know, two different pairs of really good players, like that's as good of an opportunity as you're going to get. You got to do something. (laughs) Uh, just, every time I hear the word opportunity, it makes me giggle. And 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 you know, I think LeBanc has been really LeBanc's been really good. You know, he's been the best of that crop, and you know, there's been all kinds of dialogue surrounding him. And so, obviously, you know, you hope everything gets sorted out. But the Sharks just need more help at scoring goals. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of what it boils down to. Well, what's the quote from? Um... Miracle, you guys don't have enough talent to win on talent alone or whatever it is. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So, anybody get traded? No? Cool. 
Well, I don't, you know, I haven't been on Twitter in a minute. Let me check here. <laughs> I think, Just be safe. I was going to say, I feel like the comment section probably would have blown up if something happened with the sharks. Yeah. Nothing yet. I mean, I just... But what was... When was it? Was it like a month ago or whatever when like a trade happened like an hour before? Oh, it was it was the week that we were off. It happened like an hour before when uh, Eric and Ian went on. Yeah, the, the Magna trade. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, and I'm like, you assholes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to waste people's time talking about all these silly... I, it, look, I get it. You need clicks. Fine, but I'm just, I'm so tired of reading, you know, what New Jersey might give up, what Carolina could do, blah, blah, blah. And it's just <laughs> wake me when something happens or the deadline is over. I'm tired of the speculation. Sp speaking of which, reports that the Oilers made the, have made the Sharks an offer on Eric Carlson and there was a rumor that another team tossed their hat in. And but, and I'm like, eh, you know what? It's same thing that I said about Meyer. Wake me when something happens because I'm tired of your clickbait. Well, and, I, and you know what I thought was kind of funny? So for those who don't know, the person who put out that report, Jason Greger, Edmonton radio guy, uh, not radio broadcast, like covers the Oilers on the radio. Mm -hmm. it, Noah Greger's uncle, which is fun. Um, <laughs> but like the you know reading some of the replies to his report it's like there was i don't even know what you want to call it like i don't think outrage is the right word but there was a lot of like there was a lot of conversation about it and 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 jason even said like you know basically like what like what's the yeah, Marty T backing me up here, but Jason said he was like, "What? What is so spectacular about this? Like, <laughs> like all I said was that the Oilers made an offer, and Marty T making my point for me. Like, teams make offers every day. Like, I guarantee you. And now, obviously, being in a in a dynasty fantasy hockey league, very different than real life. But you know how <coughs> if you're doing it in a game, I guarantee you, you're doing it in real life, where you call up a team and you say, "Hey, would you ever trade player X? Yes or no? Okay, cool, thanks." You know how many times that happens? Probably multiple times a day. Oh, dude. Well, I want to ask, uh, or I want to answer Ricky's question here. Uh, what's the worst Meyer trade you'd be okay with? Uh, the one where he stays a shark? No. Come on, <laughs> Honestly, the worst Meyer trade, uh, there was that uh, No, it'll, the worst Meyer trade is going to be the one where he's traded away from the sharks. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know? Well, there was that mock. You, sent, you had sent that mock. Sharks Leafs trade for Timo Meyer and I and and I was considering it was a it was from a Leafs media production. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that it was actually a decent trade. <laughs> like it had, it was based on like rational thought. Yeah, but but again, like here's the thing, like just with the salary cap and everything like that and assets, like the you know there's gonna have to be like. <sighs> There's going to have to be some finagling no matter what because the Sharks are not going to trade Meyer to let's see who what team in the NHL's got the most cap space right now. Let's see. Uh Buffalo Sabres, Arizona Coyotes, Anaheim Ducks, Detroit Red Wings, Chicago Blackhawks. The Sharks are not trading Meyer to any of those teams. Like they're trade if if he is traded and that's a big if. If he is getting traded, he's getting traded to your a team like the Golden Knights who by the way are 15 million over the cap. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, seven million over the cap. Toronto, six million over the cap. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but the sh <laughs> the Sharks would, you know, in order to get make it happen, they'll take back 
you know, some some crappy contracts or whatever, but also say thank you very much for the extra picks. Right. And and, and that's the thing. But I think like any deal that is going to be for Timo Meyer, like it's it's not just gonna be as simple as as, you know, trade Meyer and then you move on, right? And and you say, Okay, great, we got our return and it's awesome and whatever. Like there's gonna be there's so much more to it. Like that <laughs> I want it to be the inverse of the Carlson deal. At least. Yeah. And if it I, and, and that's what I'm saying. If it isn't that, Sharks fans are gonna be pissed. Well, and, and and so, you know, that mock trade that I was referring to, you know, it was Meyer and Lorenz to the Leafs and the Sharks got uh, a second, a third, Matthew Nyes, Alex Kerfoot, Pierre Ingvall. That's not a ter- like it's not great, but it's not terrible. But in a, in a situation like that, the Sharks, assuming that trade happened, let's just say the Sharks next move should be to take Ingvall, take Kerfoot and flip them for something else. And so that's what I'm saying is I think the way everything is right now with the league, most Meyer trades is not going to be one and done. There's going to be there's going to have to be retained salary or sweeteners or a situation where the Sharks take on a player they don't really want, but it makes it go through, and then maybe they turn around and flip that player. You know, it, there's going to be a, a lot, lot of moving, moving pieces. Yeah. And I think we kind of talked about it before. I think because the Rangers and the Maple Leafs looked elsewhere, like it just leads me to believe that Meyer's not getting traded. I mean, especially. I mean, in the, New Jersey and Carolina would have to get into some sort of ridiculous bidding war. Right. Well, and and you look at what Toronto gave up for <laughs> and, Ryan O'Reilly. That's a lot. Yeah. And Ryan O'Reilly is a pending UFA who's been injured most of the year. Meyer's been healthy. Meyer's an RFA. Well, and Carolina's been like the best team since like the turn of the calendar, which almost makes me think that, oh, we didn't get Meyer. Eh, we'll be okay. Right. And, and, you know, I still think Carolina will do something, but I think it would be more of the short-term variety. But like, how, I look at- how great would it be that it comes that it, it's March third, and it, don't the don't the Sharks play on March fourth? Um, they yeah, Washington. They host the yeah. Capitals. Wouldn't it be great? Meyer skates out of the Shark Head wearing teal, and we're we're on the uh, on the bro- or on our podcast like the next night doing it and going. Remember all those stupid articles that talked about all these <laughs> that none of it came to be? He's going to he's he's going to he's going to skate out of the shark head and he's going to have a new number on his jersey. <laughs> it's going to be 76, which is how many million dollars the sharks are going to have to pay him. Uh, which I'm fine, I support that. But anyway, like Toronto paid a lot for O'Reilly and they said the ask for Meyer was too high. <laughs> Chances are that feeling Correct. Chances are that feeling is is all around the league. I it leads me to believe that Meyer's not getting dealt at the very least this year. And the thing is, like we talked about, the Sharks have the Sharks have 16 months to decide if they want to trade Meyer. This is not a time sensitive thing. Yeah, they have all the power. Yeah. So you know, uh, and then the thing I thought was so funny is remember this is we also heard that Greer for, the ask for Meyer is too high. We're talking about a GM that says we'll take up to 18% of Carlson's salary in a deal. <laughs> he's, a, he's a shrewd negotiator. Yeah, I guess so. It's like we're going to set the bar so ridiculously high. I don't know. I'm just – I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't think – you know, I think for the Sharks and for Greer, I think it needs to be – like 
you hear a lot in trades like GMs will get, you know, they'll ask high and then sort of get massaged down a little bit. A squeezer, if you will. Yeah, I don't think this is a situation where the Sharks should get massaged down. Like, if you're not going to pay the astronomically high price, then he's not going anywhere. All right, so we got three games until Marlowe Day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Get out there. I mean, look, dude deserves it. I'm just, you know, it's one of those things where you, and I, I remember, can't wait for you to get me a giveaway. Go ahead. <laughs> well, my thing is that like, I felt this during the, you know, the bubble season where he was ticking off the games to break Howe's record. Yep. And, and we mentioned this back then where it's like, you start to get fatigue from, yeah. from hearing about it. So it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not saying I'm there yet because I know it'll be over in a week. But uh, anyway, the whole thing is just block out the day. <laughs> just just block out the day, man. Just plan ahead. Yeah, just get to San Pedro at like, I don't know, t- noon, one o'clock, whatever. Enjoy some grub, um, whatever. Take the nice leisurely walk down Santa Clara and, you know, enjoy. Um, so <laughs> speaking of... Of which, uh, you know, it's it's Marlowe Day, but a couple days earlier on the 23rd, if you have that Thursday available at around lunchtime, they are going to do a recognition ceremony at City Hall with our uh, our new San Jose Mayor Mahon, Mahon, I'm not sure. It's right up there with all the other hockey names that I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity, there's that. Um, oh, speaking of promotions... The Sharks are having Y2K night. <laughs> now, I hear this and I go, isn't that like 23 years too late? And evidently I'm told that, oh, this is like what 20-year-olds or whatever refer to themselves at. I know 20-year-olds. I've never heard any of them refer to themselves as a Y2Ker or a Y2K. I'll put it to the chat, to everybody listening right now during the live show, 60 of you right now. Any of you that are in your 20s, have you ever referred to yourself as a Y2K? So <laughs> I'm, I'm Gen X. I've never said, oh, I'm a Gen X person. And which, of course, begs the question, when the fuck is Gen X night? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask Patrick that. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so as speaking as somebody who's in their 20s and granted, I'm in my late 20s, you know, I'm going to be 28 in about in nine days. But I literally never heard of obviously i know what y2k is but i've <laughs> never heard of it used in the way that you're describing until about 90 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i just either way i'm gonna be like i almost want to go to this game now just to figure out what the fuck they're talking about you know yeah can you go like for science <laughs> yeah yeah for science purposes i might have to figure that out because it's like a thursday against vegas so i might have to oh and then ryan pointing out for, for for the Marlo thing. That's a long ceremony. No, it's supposed to start at like 5.30. And remember, they're going to have to have all this all cleared off by, uh, what, the top of the 7? Because it's a 7.30 start. So We'll see. And and the Sharks are smart that they've moved this out. Because I think like... I think it'll be was, like an hour long. Well, there was one retirement ceremony. I think it was... I, I want to say it was, it was Mike Madonna. Where the ceremony ended up being over an hour long. 
and it started when puck drop was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so hats off to the Sharks for pushing that stuff out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Marty T going, 20-year-olds don't even know what Y2K is. Aren't well, so <laughs> we did, I did a little, we did a little bit of, of independent oh, research I, I got to call that bullshit here. Ruben saying, I'm 20 years old and refer to myself as Y2K. I'm calling bullshit on that one, but go ahead. No, dude, Ruben, I know Ruben. He's literally older than me. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> I So we did a little bit of independent research, and uh, potentially this refers to, I'm not going to say young people, younger people wearing early 2000s clothing, which, <laughs> huh. And again, I showed you a picture of me <laughs> in 2000, and you're like, looks exactly like what you wear today. Yeah, jeans. Yeah, jeans, sweatshirt, Reeboks, whatever. I just, yeah. I mean, when is <laughs> when is Millennial Night? When is Dude. Generation X Night? When is Boomer Night? <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's actually, what... you know, if you've seen the crop of Shark Season ticket holders, I think every oh, night is Boomer Night. But yeah. anyway, but that's what I'm saying. Is I first off, I want to know when Gen X Night is. But uh, yeah, like, dude, I might have to for science purposes. Might have to show up. Oh man. So, <laughs> what, what up? Avocado. <laughs> oh, the 1-800-POPCORN. Yeah, I need to you know what time it is. Yeah, you ever called popcorn back in the day? Well, it's it's not even 1-800. It was... Yeah, it's just... It's, it's, I don't even think you have to put in an area code. No, you don't. It was just popcorn. Man, simpler time, dude. And in fact, you didn't even have to do that. The, for whatever reason, people put in popcorn, but if you just did 767-1111, it would be the same thing. There you go. So, the more you know. Oh boy. So the pack div is tightening up as we move on to a, a bit more outside of the shark scope. Dude, four points. Five, I'm sorry, five points separating one through five, Vegas through Calgary. Dude, I didn't expect like I didn't expect it to be this tight at this point. Like I felt like somebody would probably you know, bust out a little bit. And uh, a couple days ago, the Pacific Division held both the wild card spots. Now Minnesota's made a little play, and Calgary is right on their ass, but they're both at 56 games played. So I don't know if there's any games left between Calgary and Minnesota, but you might want to check those out, put them on the calendar, because they're going to be huge. <laughs> What's I, your, Okay, so question for you, because uh, obviously... I'm still not. I'm still surprised that... Like Edmonton hasn't made a run, but go ahead. So this this Western, I mean, yeah, the East is what it is, but this Western Conference playoff picture, very different than a year ago. Like, <laughs> just the fact you know, that Seattle's in the mix, <laughs> right? I mean, Seattle, I you know, Seattle is in the mix. Uh, Winnipeg is in the mix. Now Winnipeg's a good team, but they missed last year. So Seattle, Winnipeg in the mix. Dallas leading the Central. Calgary, St. Louis, Nashville on the outside looking in. Like, is there is there one thing that I, I guess my question for you would be, is there one thing where you were like, yeah, I saw that coming? And then is there one thing where you're like, what is happening here? <sighs> to be fair, like, remember how I was a big uh, like I was riding the Kings from day one last season? Yep. I, I kind of felt like I didn't I wasn't sure about them this season. Like, I felt like other teams were going to. Like I felt like LA was probably going to be stay where they were and other teams around them would come up a little. Sure. So I'm surprised that they've maintained. Um, that's a little bit of, of a surprise for me. Uh, 
St. Louis kind of bottoming out. I didn't see that coming. Vancouver doing this poorly. I thought they were going to do a little bit better. Um, I, th- you know, I think we probably would both say that we're a little shocked with Edmonton and Colorado's positions, but then again, nobody saw Colorado's injury bug coming on so strong. I, you know, to me, Colorado is not all that surprising just because like they lost Burakovsky, they lost. Well, that's Kadri. what I'm saying. It's that it's, it's because of the injuries. I think if you look at the beginning of the year, most people are going to have Colorado at the top because they're hello, you know, reigning champs. I don't know. Just be, I mean, you, and, and you obviously have mentioned this a lot just from the sharks having to go through it. Colorado lost two thirds of their second line and didn't replace it. Yeah. And that I don't care how good you are, like, I, that's that's a mountain. I th- I think the biggest shock to me, it, well, I don't want to say it's a shock that Dallas has basically, for the most part, led the way for the Central. I think they they do it rather quietly, mm-hmm. although you know Robert Robertson does get his fair share of pub, which is absolutely deserved. The maybe the one that sticks out for me is just the fact that for like a week or so there. Seattle was top of the Pacific Division. I don't. Th- I didn't <laughs> see that coming at all. You know, I I think with these teams, I, I'm with you. I wasn't really pegging Dallas to be at top of the Central Division, but you you look at you go inside and you look at what that team does. I mean, your your friend Pavelski has obviously been very good, but you know, dude, Otter. the the conver- The conversation was that. Ben and Sagan are past their best before date and they've they've yep. come back this year and they've played very well. I like again, I'm not surprised by it, but I like seeing Winnipeg being back in the conversation. I honestly think it's Calgary. For me, the biggest shocker is Calgary being on the outside looking in because you know this. I think you agree with me that with the Kachuk for Huberdeau and Uyghur trade, I actually thought Calgary got the better end of that trade. Well, don't forget you know? about Goudreau. Yeah, but honestly, I I think I I didn't really think that that was going to be that big of a loss. Yeah, didn't Johnny Hockey have like one of his best seasons last year in Calgary though? Yeah, good player, but he I mean the stats tell you that he crumbles in the playoffs. Yeah, and well, but this is not the playoffs, like sir. <laughs> yeah, you, you need a good regular season to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Aaron in the chat saying I thought Calgary would be a monster. They're so much better on paper than they have turned out yeah. to be. I like I said, I thought in that Kachuk for Huberto and Uyghur deal, I thought Calgary got the better end of the deal, and I, I thought they fleeced Florida. And yet Matthew Kachuk has been the the best player <laughs> post trade. So well, to me, that's the big shot. <laughs> Robert coming in, the Stars have won one game of their last five. So are the Sharks. What's your point? <laughs> no, yeah, but the, the Stars are. <clears throat> excuse me, the Stars are still comfortably leading that division, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah, three, two, and five in their last ten. But they have a lot of charity points, though. Jesus, so <laughs> 12, 12 overtime losses. <laughs> yeah, dude, they lead the uh, the the league in that. You like you thought it was San Jose, didn't you? <laughs> they're they're just behind with eleven. Calgary Jesus. also there. So, yeah. oh man, <laughs> but uh, and you know things are getting tight now because that when you click on the standings tab on NHL.com, it defaults to wild card. Yep. So that's that's when you know shit got real. Uh, did you take in any of the stadium series game? Nope. Okay then. <laughs> you're, you're very torts all star viewing, are you? Well, I I think well I I I think the the outdoor games. You I mean they're just regular 
games in terms of the rules and the play and everything like that. But I always think the outdoor games are naturally more exciting for whatever reason. Like, I feel like the play, like I've never seen a boring outdoor game. Right. And I feel like, I don't know. I mean, the NHL sucks at promoting these things. We know that, but I feel like, yeah, dude, I don't know. I just I, like, I knew it was coming, but I just, I didn't care. Right. Dude, I, I knew like, it was uh-huh. coming, but I, I'm like, I think it's this weekend. You know, like I knew it was coming, but and, and then I had no idea what time it was going to be on. So yeah, they, they they do suck. Like they put on a great show, but they just suck at promoting it. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't watch. I, I watched like the first period. Well, it, it, dude, it, I I will say those uni sets. Oh, those, those might be my favorite, <laughs> dude. Well, it, there was there was a little bit of for me. There was a little bit of confusion because. The the schedule graphic that the NHL puts out every morning said the game was at six Eastern, and so I'm like, okay. And then so I'm wasn't it like know, at eight Eastern? Well, so that's what I'm saying. So we're out, we're doing things, you know, we're running some errands, and then we're you know catching up on some shows, doing you know normal Saturday afternoon crap. And I look, and I'm like, oh, and I look, it's six. I think it was six thirty. So in my head, I'm like, okay, nine thirty on these because I'm like, oh damn, I miss. You know, I wonder if the game is just about over. Is in the first intermission, and I'm like, what? what? Well, and I swear, uh, at one point, I thought I'd read something that it was going to be a three o'clock local start, noon Pacific, and maybe they shifted. I again, I don't know. They're real bad at this, but I will say, out of everything, those uni sets, these picture that like this picture that they put out does not do them justice. The numbers are like way bigger and the fonts are very cool. When I first saw these sets, I was like, you know, like the Carolina one, it's 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 fine. But I thought the Washington one popped more. When I saw the game live and you see the actual kits, oh dude, Carolina, hands down, bro. The one of the things that I really liked about the Carolina unis down the the uh the breezers. Only on one side, they had the two flags on the hockey stick logo. Well, and I feel like, I feel like this is the norm, right? Where the jersey mockups come out and everybody hates them, and then you see the real thing, and it always, you know, looks better than the mockup. Well, but I, I would, I would grant you that, with the exception of the All Star jerseys this year. Everybody loved the All Star jerseys this <laughs> oh, year. Oh yeah, those were those were Chef's kiss. Choice. They were choice. Yeah, but. If you remember, if you go back, because we, you know, I remember mentioning this, the vast majority of the marketing materials, the the photos that were circulated, they all used the MIC version of the jerseys, where, you know, the this one of the Stadium Series one, those are just your Indo plane, blah blah blah. Right. So, uh, it really goes to show you, man, that it just MICs pop like a mo. So. Anyway, uh, the the best part about this, though, it went to the dogs, baby, for the stadium series. Uh, this is great. That's cute. Dude. I'm going to have to show that to my fiance. She loves dogs. Dude. It was choice. And there was one that went around uh, with the uh, Capitals as well. But, dude, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, hell yeah. Like, that needs to happen 
across the league for like every event. <laughs> that would just be the best. Oh boy. Let's move on to uh, something a little fun here. The athletic put out an article about fixing the trade deadline. Cause it's, you know, it's gotten a little bit stale. It's got a little bit boring. So I'm going to ask you some questions, good sir, and see what your feelings are. Sure. Number one, allow more salary uh, retention. Do you think 50% is too limiting, especially when you have to try to get another team involved on some of those three-way deals where, you know, you eat 30, but then this other team's going to eat 20, and, you know, it's a whole square dance of a <laughs> trade? See, I I go back and forth on that one because on on one hand, I think, no, if you sign the big deal, you should be at least partially responsible for moving it. And by that, I mean holding on to salary. But conversely, I also think at the same time, you know, and this is an argument for like a soft cap as well or a luxury tax is if you have the financial and roster space to do these kinds of things, I think you should be allowed to do it. So. Maybe it's a situation where you can allow more salary retention, but it, it has to be policed, I guess. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, SJ Sharks fan 39 in the chat pointing out something that uh, I believe to be true, but correct me if I'm wrong, and I know Puck Guy can. Um, the trade deadline should be this week. March is too late. I remember saying that too. Like, there, it, it shouldn't be <laughs> by the time that there's like 20 games left. Like, to me, the trade deadline, it should be after like there should still be a third of the season left and we're at the point where there's almost a quarter left yeah they usually i believe the trade deadline i'll have to do some math i believe the deadline is usually around 78 percent completion yeah to me it should be like at the latest 65 yeah i yeah something just like because you hear all the time right teams will Teams will swing a deal for a guy, and then because the run from the deadline to the playoffs is so short, guy doesn't get acclimated to the team, and then it kind of blows up on them. Mm-hmm. I Something I just thought of that would be really interesting, and I don't know that it's a good idea, but it's an idea. Mm-hmm. What if the, like, I don't know, what if there was, like, like playoff teams had a different deadline than non-playoff oh, teams. Oh, fuck you. No, I hate that. <laughs> dude, I, dude, I hate it, the fact that some games are worth two points and some are worth three. So, no. <laughs> um, everybody gets the same rules. What if, what if you go up to 75% of salary retention? Uh, same thing as I said before. I think it's fine, but it but there has to be limits to it, I think. Okay. You know, like right, like right now, you can only retain salary on three contracts, and I, I think that's one of those things where it's like we have this rule so that you don't hurt yourself, kind of thing. Okay. What about retention flexibility? So, like, let's say you're really stuck on limiting retention to fifty percent. You know, the current rule says that any retention has to go straight across the board. If the Sharks retain on Carlson, it's the same amount every season left in his deal. You could scrap that requirement, allow GMs to negotiate the retention each season. So for Carlson, the Sharks could retain 50% this year, a lower percentage the season after that, and drop down to zero by like the f- final year. <sighs> that's see, because here's the thing. Like, I'm I don't think that's a bad idea, but I'm not Dude, like, it would strongly... drive cap friendly insane. Yeah, like <laughs> like that's not it. Like I like I like may i don't think that's a bad idea but i'm not super like strongly into it either like i think 
if if they if say they put it to a vote whether it passed or failed like i don't i wouldn't give it much thought either way it would be an interesting wrinkle but there's not one side that i'm super passionate about all right um this is the one that i don't care for but <coughs> idea 3 is allow players to hold out for new contracts like I remember Nabby holding out at one point. I believe Sandus Ozelinch held out for a bit. I mean, you still see holdouts, you know, but it's only exclusively like with RFAs. Well, it says the era essentially ended in 05 when the new CBA locked in player contracts, meaning deals could no longer be torn up. Right, because all deer all deals are car- are guaranteed. You can't be like um like uh like I think in the NBA, like if you you know, if say you sign a two-year deal, and then after that first year, you're like, you know, I don't like where this is going. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna take my my player option to void. Or like, if you say you've got a three-year deal and you're making three million bucks a year, and then you score a hundred points, you could be like, you know what, I'm worth eight million. Let's restructure. Like, I think that's what it's kind of pointing at. I can feel it. I'm surprised there's not more incentive-based contracts, but. I, I just like the I I personally maybe this makes me a boomer but I I like the I like the contracts being ironclad just because you know from the player perspective you kind of have to you know you have to prove your worth mm-hmm. essentially and from the GM and the owner perspective you have to live with what you sign fair fair uh Robert saying uh tapering off retention should totally be allowed I I like that that's, idea that's fine again I, I'm not strong one way or the other so I'm fine with that yeah, uh, Ryan mentioning, I think maybe if you go over 50% retention, the team doing the retaining gets a third-round pick from the other team. Eh, whatever the default is, I'm fine <laughs> you wanna, with it. You talk about Cap Friendly getting a headache. Oh, dude. <laughs> um, here's the, the idea that I really love that will never fucking happen. Idea number four, ban no trade and no movement clauses. <laughs> I love that idea. So, so let me ask you a question because this came up. This con, not not specifically this this cut and dry, but no trade and no movement clauses came up when um, I don't know if you remember. You probably do. This wasn't that long ago um, when the Blue Jackets were trying to trade Rick Nash. I'm sure you remember. Yeah. Well, I remember. If I remember correctly, there was talk of like him going to San Jose for like couture. Or, yeah. 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 Uh. And and so so this was this came up at the time, you know, not with anybody official. I'm pretty sure me and my buddies were kind of kicking it around. But, <laughs> you know, what are your thoughts on and I guess maybe, you know, in this article, maybe you could say 4A or 4B. Right. W- what are your thoughts on if you have trade protection and you ask for a trade, your protection is voided? Love it. Because that was the thing, you know. Rick Nash between Rick Nash asking for a trade and getting traded was like 18 months because he wanted to be out of Columbus, but he had trade protection. So like the list of teams he could go to, he'd have, dude, but he, he couldn't wave a those? trade. Well, you know, he can, he, you know, he could wave it. But the thing is he said, Hey, I want to be a traded, but he had a full no move clause. So he was basically putting it on the GM like, hey, I got a full new move clause and I don't want to be here. So you better go find me a team I want to go to. Mm. Not to say that was the attitude he had, but that's how it came off. And so the conversation was, hey, you know, you want to be traded, but you have this no move clause that's kind of hampering things. You know, why don't you, you know, why don't, why, you know, why not if you ask for a trade, 
the clause is voided and you can get traded wherever the GM decides. See, I, if anything, I would, you know, like you're saying, you know, idea for a, for B, maybe you, you're, you're never going to be able to ban no trade or no movement clauses because no, it's an, it's an incentive. Yeah. Uh, so if, anyth- baby. <laughs> if anything, I would say you're limited to the amount you can have. So like basically abolishing no full no moves. No, just ba- no saying you can have you can hand out a no move, but you're allowed like s- say you're allowed to hand out three no moves and or, or uh, I'm sorry three no trades two no moves something okay. like that like that's a, so if at the time that you're negotiating with somebody if you have two no moves on your books you can't negotiate a third one or if you do it's going to be when you know player like say carlson has full protection right right and say you sign for for again metaphorically speaking um it's the idea of like they could give timo his one year next year right that means there's three years left on carlson's deal they give, you know, the the shark special. They hand out Meyer eight by eight, and after uh, in the what the the fourth year, his no move kicks in because then Carlson's is off the books. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, and I don't know. And, and again, talking about making Cat Friendly's head explode. Yeah, I, I, you're making my head explode because I don't I don't know how that would help. Well, it's unless unless it's a situation where you're trying to give GMs more flexibility. Yeah, or it's just yeah, a little bit, or it's almost like the idea of like a franchise player tag. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, of course, idea five: ditch the loser point. Yeah, we've we've beat that into the ground. Yeah, but that, that, that dude, that's a that's a point on so many seven ways to do this articles. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> Let me see. Then it talked about like uh, making up magic draft picks, which which I I don't I would have to research the article from ESPN because I don't really know what that means. Well, I think it was the idea of um, what was it? It was uh, it's last week the lightning. Okay, so this is an article from 2015. Last week the lightning traded goaltender Kevin Pulian. I'm saying that uh, to Calgary for future considerations, uh, completely unremarkable trade. One that went all but unnoticed by anyone who wasn't directly related, but it was North uh, noteworthy in one way. It was the first. And at that time, only trade of that season. And it had to, well, you know what? I should have done more research on this. I'm not going to read this whole fucking article right now, but it's the whole idea of inventing some draft picks where it's like, each team gets a bonus draft pick. It's it, it's an interesting article, but again, it's like it, that's something that's never going to happen. And then this is the idea where I'm kind of like, hmm, scrap the cap temporarily. I'm like, how's Which, that going to happen, dude? <laughs> I mean, that's that's well, kind of already trying, what they do in the playoffs. Trying, yeah, and it's just like trying to get rid of the escrow right now. Either way, but I there were some interesting things in there. I thought. That we're, we're talking well, about uh, definitely think, kind of some ideas that are out of the box where I look at them and I go, you're on the right path. Well, I think talking about like eliminating the salary cap, I think I, I, I don't know. 
Right, right, right. But so the salary cap goes away in the playoffs, but I feel like the NHL already does kind of its best version of that idea by essentially allowing teams to accrue cap space as they go throughout the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the and and the Sharks for example, you know, their their cap hit right now is, you know, it's it's like 82. Point seven so they're over the cap by two hundred thousand. But because a, a lot of reasons. I mean their long term injury reserve pool is at a certain level, all kinds of stuff. But the sharks they're actually accruing cap space right now. So even though in terms of real dollars they have hundred and thirty two thousand dollars in cap space, they actually have in in I don't know what you want to call it, fake dollar trade deadline dollars, they've got one point seven million in space, you know? And I kind of feel like that's the NHL's version of abolishing the salary cap is we'll just make the space grow as the season goes on, if that makes sense. Well, the the one rule that I would like to see changed, if if, in, if it's if I'm remembering this correctly, wasn't there wasn't there a chief that uh, didn't Tampa get raked across the coals one of their cup years because they had like a guy on IR for like eighty of 82 games and then he was on LTIR. He didn't, it was Kucherov. He didn't play the whole regular season. Yeah. So that's if to be eligible to play in the postseason, I think you need to have played a quarter of the regular season. A core. Okay. 20, I, I 21 games. I see where you're going with that, but I think like, I think team, you know, I, I think that would be universally shot down because I don't think I don't think GMs want their any players, even if it's like a fourth line guy, I don't think GMs want any players exempted from the playoffs, right? Or not exempted, but um, you know, prevented from playing in the playoffs. I, I don't think teams would be down for that, but I see why you it's, know, you know maybe it's, those who hated the LTIR shenanigans might support that, but it's just a little hinky. You don't play all season, and then you're right. sure. It was just like uh, Peter Forsberg back yeah, but there, in. But that's not a salary. There was no salary cap back then. Oh, I know, but it's just that whole idea. It's like to to be even if it has nothing to do with salary implications. Just it's just kind of you know it 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 looks a little hinky that it's like oh this guy hasn't played all year and suddenly he's ready to play for the, game one of the playoffs and oh look at this it has a three point night and but you know. Right, right, but I, I, uh, I think, I think the consideration there, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of heroes out there, right, who, who don't think about this, but to be put on LTI, like you can't put a guy on LTIR just for the hell of it. Like there has to be, you know, documentation from a doctor and all these kinds of things. Like there's documentation to be able to put a player on long-term injured reserve. Number one, number two, and <laughs> I don't know if you've ever built a team. I haven't, but. I don't know, like, if somebody came to me and said, hey, here's a thought, your best player is not going to play all season, I would be like, uh, why? That's a terrible <laughs> idea. No, I feel you. <laughs> you know, so, like, with all the people crying about the Kucherov thing, like, I just found it, I found it obnoxious because Tampa Bay is not like, yes, let's scratch our best player to 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 stick it to them, you know, but also... And I think it's because Tampa Bay had won the cup in 2020 and then were a favorite to win in 2021 because that year, and I know because I got argued with some people about it, Vegas did it. Yeah, well, dude, yeah, Vegas did it. But also, if I remember correctly, like uh, Barkley Goodrow had something on social media. Like he was arguing, barking with somebody that first cup because, oh, you know, 
not really a real cup, you right. know, big asterisk, blah, blah, blah. And then, dude, like a year later, he's like, this one count, motherfucker? <laughs> but, like, but you go back to that season, right? Like Tampa Bay was using a long-term injury. Vegas was using it. Carolina was using it. Carolina was using it almost as egregiously as Tampa Bay was, but nobody said anything about Carolina. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody cares about Carolina. Hmm. We got to move on. We are, we are so behind right now. Let's go. Oh, this team. <laughs> what was it last week? I think they went like over. Then this week they, they win twice. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. Uh, a 4-3 overtime win versus Ontario. Gushkin opens the scoring, gets the game winner. Agazino with two apples. A 4-3 victory at Abbotsford that had a whole bunch of shenaniganery going on there. Uh, the people were f- flopping around. Uh, who was, what's that guy's uh, Spencer Martin took a penalty for like hitting somebody with his blocker when he was down. I mean, there was a lot of things happening and it should be noted that the Barracuda play efforts for tomorrow could be a bit of a tilt. The best part of this one though, of course, was Strauss man, a career high 36 saves on 39 shots. CJC's potted two, Eklund potted one and Robbins had two helpers. So this, uh, you got to appreciate this, but last I looked, the uh, Cuda are still on the outside looking in. Makes you wonder when the front office is going to say fuck it and start sending guys up to the Sharks. Uh, but it'll, it'll probably be uh, after some space is made, shall we say. So Cuda play at Abbotsford tomorrow. They're down in Ontario on Friday. So uh, a lot of Ontario and Abbotsford games coming in. Bordalo is your leader in goals, Eklund in assists, Agazino in points, and the prospect of the week, which we haven't done in a while, Ethan Cardwell with the Bari Colts. Chief has 64 points in 48 games, including 28 goals. Uh, so I don't see anybody mentioning him on their prospect of the week segment. I'm sure they will now, though, but I'm just saying. Uh, let's get into our tweet of the week. I'm sure you guys... Tweet of the week. I got to turn on my uh, microphone thing. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw. Oh, that's not the right tweet of the week. (laughs) Let's go to the correct one, shall we? Everybody saw the shirt, right? Give me fuel. Give me fire. Give me team of fucking Mars. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, dude. I want to buy this shirt. (laughs) I was going to say, that's that's really clever. Dude, (laughs) so good. And you can tell the the person who made up this shirt. You can tell they're a big fan. Not be ju- not just because they made a shirt, but you look at their arm. They I was got gonna a say they're literally big. Tattoo there. <laughs> so shout out to this person. Yeah, but the, this is great. But of course, you know, I mentioned I'm like, can we get one with the San Jose logo? It says keep Timo fucking Meyer. But <laughs> uh, speaking of apparel, Mitchell and Ness. Oh, these this these sobs. Mitchell and Ness, they were good until Fanatics bought them. Well, you can say that about everything Fanatics has ever purchased. Fair. Uh, So, Mitchell and Ness, it says here, uh, tradition reborn on ice. Mitchell and Ness is proud to announce the launch of our long-awaited NHL Blue Line jerseys, continuing our tradition of storytelling by translating the greatest moments on ice through premium product. Shop NHL at MitchellandNess.com. And you go and look at these jerseys. The quality looks 
horrible vinyl kits colors are off it's they look like trash chinese knockoff sites will do better than this this but again that's this is what we've come to expect with fanatics unfortunately so uh, you know if you want one go ahead but i think you're better off just trolling ebay or looking at jersey sites and just trying to get lucky with some original ccms cohos or whatever so just yeah your money is better spent elsewhere yeah i mean you know the the quality it's it's complete garbage like i said vinyl crest vinyl kits not tackle twill there's one that has like the the stanley cup patch somebody tweeted out the uh that they they bought one of these okay and it's a duplicate of their like original ccm the the patch on his original ccm beautiful embroidered or whatever this is like it's a screen printed vinyl jesus dude it's so cheap and these assholes want 200 dollars for these <laughs> of course they do <sighs> dude and again it's it's another s- sad state because a long respected company that you know they had a name and it's another name that fanatics is going to do their best to completely ruin so it is what it is we keep receipts here though um so we're we're gonna i'm just saying (laughs) we we're gonna be eyeballing this as this goes along i'm dying to see how the uh how this jersey game plays out because remember Next year is the last year for Adidas. There's a lot of speculation on who's going to take shit over. And if you go look at the Jersey Reddit, it seems to be one of two ways It's a lot of people think it's going to go. One, you have Team Fanatics. Not that they're hoping for it. They're just thinking that's where it's going to go because of the relationship the league already has. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side that think it's going to be CCM since they already do the A. And they're quality is you know hasn't gone down the crapper like fanatics so ccm they're they make good stuff like even their hockey gear is good stuff that's what i'm saying like go you know if you want to keep fanatics as your merchandising partner the the makers of like the worst crap that you can buy on the tchotchke stands sure do you but if you've got them making your jerseys you want to know something funny whip it out so say it, baby. Say it. So the current owners of Adidas, I'm sorry, the current owners of CCM bought it in 2017. Do you know who they bought it from? I'm so, uh, ask me again. What was this? The current. So the current owners of CCM, mm-hmm. they bought CCM in 2017. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they bought it from? Please don't tell me fanatics. Adidas. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody fucked up somewhere. <laughs> so it, it leads you to believe. Now, obviously, Adidas sold the CCM brand the same year they took over the jerseys for the NHL. But it makes you wonder why Adidas didn't just funnel that responsibility down to CCM when they owned them. You know, <sighs> it does, makes you think. Well, it's like Adidas owns Reebok. Technically true. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. I don't even understand understand how any of that shit works. One thing I do want to point out before we uh, point get, it out get into the nitty gritty, uh, if if you are team or uh, you know what is it 
tanked together like I am, uh, you have to be relatively happy with the scoreboard tonight. Blackhawks won, and the Coyotes-Blue Jackets game was a three-point game. Mm-hmm. So they unfortunately, the Blue Jackets weren't the team that picked up the, the extra charity point, but we're, it's, hey, the, how you feeling about that bet, by the way? You know what? I, uh, I was thinking about this before. So as I mentioned, this is my first podcast in three weeks. You're going to have to run the bet by me one more time. Okay. So we had not a nine game stretch. Yay. It, it was leading up to Marlowe night, correct? Yeah. So we had a nine game stretch. So you had the, Tampa game, the Florida game, and the Washington game before the break. Okay. Right? And that that, that was a week that they beat Tampa, they beat Washington, they lost to Florida. And, and of course, I thought the absolute inverse of that was going to happen. Sure. And then this week, I looked at the schedule and I'm like, well, they, they already beat Pittsburgh. And I'm like, maybe they get a shot with Buffalo and they did beat Vegas. And either way though, that they had won two of three the previous week. I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm going to get hosed. Well, here we are. They need to either beat Seattle, Nashville, or Chicago. I think they can do it. I was going to say, I feel like they could beat Chicago. Now that being said, it seems as the sharks have had a run the last season or so that whenever they play a game, that is like a particularly big game, like the one where Marlowe broke Howe's record, they lost. Mm-hmm. Marlowe's final game, they got raked 6 nothing. So who knows? Maybe maybe they're, everybody's going to be so juiced and, and spent from all the, the pomp and circumstance pregame that they're going to go out there and lay an egg and get pumped, you know, for nothing. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so either way. But the thing is, is I still have, I, I have hope after the first week, I didn't have any hope when they beat Washington. I'm like, motherfuckers. <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, this could go either way. And then we'll, of course, we'll do the, uh, the other bet at the end of the season. So where are we at here? Uh, coming up this week, the sharks, like I said, play three. It's the Kraken tomorrow. A, what is that? Like a 1230, one o'clock start for president's yeah. day. Yeah, 1 p.m. Pacific. Reimer has already been reported as the starter. Again, I, I mentioned the whole... Boo this man. <laughs> I mentioned a couple of those five holes that Cack let in. So, uh, reported as the starter. Timo Meyer, evidently questionable with the UBI. Don't pay attention to some people trying to stir the pot with that on Twitter. They get the Nashville Predators on Thursday, and then the Sharks host the Blackhawks. Marlowe, Jersey retirement night. Get there early. That's, I mean, just, again, block out the day. Block out the day. Uh, Glenn pointing out that, hey, Chicago beat Toronto. Anything's possible. Chicago beat the Sharks, second game of the season. <laughs> so, we don't know. Uh, on I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> on Twitter, you can follow him at Hockey Jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. Please don't. Um, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please do on that. Leave your take in the comment section of this video if you weren't with us live. And remember, you can find links to our social media, all that good stuff, the podcast apps, and more included in the show notes. And you can get everything on TealTownUSA.com. If you want to join the Discord where the party never stops, you can hit up Hockey Jerk on the Twitter machine via the Jerk email system, which is 
hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. And I do want to point out that our buddy from the Sharks Audio Network, Ted Ramey, did give away a pair of tickets for the Buffalo game on our on the Discord, or I'm sorry, for the game against Pittsburgh. Excuse me, want to get that right. But yeah, Ted Ramey, Sharks Audio Network, did us a solid, gave away a pair of tickets to a couple of uh, fans on our Discord channel. So you might want to pay attention there. So your last words, sir. Final thoughts, whatever. My only final thought, just because I want to make sure that we're taking care of the people who need to be taken care of here. Yama. So Cam Montrose, winner of, of a lunchbox, Hot Wheels on at Hot Wheels on Twitter, winner of the LeBanc Piggy Bank, and Brian, I'm gonna say Boulanger, 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 <laughs> winner of the Burns Stein mug. Yep. Don't worry, you know it's, we, it's on its way. It's uh, it's coming. Some work stuff got into the way over the last uh, week or so. Uh, you don't want to know what I'm dealing with. It's a big transition, modernization thing. So uh, it's eating up a lot of my time. So, but don't worry. It's I. I'm literally looking at it. I have all all three items plus the, the Stein for Laurel, and sitting right next to a piece of paper with everybody's information and shipping info. It's sitting right in front of me. It's just getting the time. Unfortunately, yeah. the post office is not open on fucking Saturday or Sunday. The bastards. Or tomorrow. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, I just I just wanted to put it out there because since we haven't been doing the giveaways, I haven't been checking that email as much. So I before we went live, I logged on and I saw one of the winners had emailed me eight days ago, and I was like, oh shit, I better put it out there. So yeah. you know, nothing screwed up. It's gonna get there. We promise. Yeah, it will get there. But I just want to say to uh, to everybody uh, that's that's joined us, that's that's followed along. Let me just say this to you. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. I'm just, dude, that's going to be our sign off. I, I have to redo the end of this so I can just hit a little button and that's our automatically our sign off. In fact, I love that. That's great. <laughs> dude, we're going to have to uh, come up with a way to put them in like a, a, a hockey jersey. <laughs> Steven, get on that. So any uh, anything else, or, or are we done? And you're going to be here next Sunday, yeah? Um, I don't know why I wouldn't be. So <laughs> that's I not mean, where I thought you were going with that, dude. I thought you were about to go. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so I, you know, not not that I'm going to dox myself here, but to you know, for those who don't know, you know, next the the last week in February is is you know a a lot of uh, what do you call them? A lot of special days uh, <laughs> in my life. So, so significant milestones. Yeah, you know, so that takes up uh, a lot of my time. But I don't. Again, I don't know why I wouldn't be here next Can car- week. Yeah, carve out a couple hours next Sunday. All right. Yeah. So again, uh, make sure you check out. I I don't know who's on the schedule, but of course it's going to be some sort of grouping of Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark. Sharks, after Sharks versus Kraken, you have Sharks versus Preds on Thursday. Don't forget, we're trying to work it out right now, but in some way, shape, or form, we may do something for the Legends game that is happening at Tech CU on the 24th. That's right, the day before the big Marlowe game. We're going to try to come <clears throat> up with something. So uh, you, you might see us next Friday as well. 
So with that, thank you so much for checking us out, and we will catch you all next Sunday with any luck. (laughs) (laughs) You never know what could happen. Have a good night, everybody.